Hey, good morning, South Point. I can actually wave and can everyone hear me? Okay, good. We'll launch right into it. One, um, good morning. Uh, it's really good to see you guys. I was scheduled to be off this weekend anyway, and I appreciate Justin stepping in to teach. We had planned on traveling, was going to get to finally meet my nephew who was born in January, but we had some of the more common sickness hit our house this week. And so wanting to be responsible, like we've talked about, said, okay, we're not going to go. It wouldn't be good to be around a three-month-old. And at the same time, didn't want to get anyone here sick. And so we're going to do this a little remotely. But um, guys, it's been a really interesting week, to say the least, um, for all of us. Um, and within that, just one, I wanted to say I love you guys. And watching a lot of this stuff and trying to work through it from the sidelines this week of not feeling well was really hard for me. So I would love to hug all of you, but that is not the responsible thing. But just want to say love you. Um, this week, we know... Despite where you live, there are millions of students from elementary on to guys working on their PhDs that aren't in school. Uh, most of the major sporting events have been canceled. Uh, there's been a sense of panic. There's been that sense of uncertainty. Um, and watching the pastor has been really hard. And so just wanted to say a couple of things to South Point this morning. Um, one, what do we do? One, we need to know that God is in control. I, and I, I word that specifically. I don't say still in control, like at some point he just kind of was like this, but God is in control and we believe that and we know scripture and we need to hold on to that this week. As Second uh, Timothy 1.7 says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, um, but of power and love and self-control. And we need to operate within those. We need to operate in the sense of power that we know God is still on the throne and we need to operate in a sense of, Love knowing that, hey, we've been called to love this world. We, we're we not of the world. We're going to operate a little differently in this situation. And we're going to operate in self-control as well. And so we'll get to that in a second. I'm not going to give you a whole sermon. But one, I just want to acknowledge that. Like, let's not forget that God is in control. Um, there's a unique situation that's kind of like what we're walking through in the book of Joshua, where leadership has changed over. It's a time of uncertainty. Uh, Joshua hasn't been the leader. And God looks at him and says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I, I just kind of want us to sit in that sense um, the next several weeks, knowing that, look, we're not called to fear. We're not called to panic. We know that God is in control of the situation. And I love Psalm 115.3, where it says, our God is in the heavens and he does as he pleases. And so this is not something that has surprised him. And as believers, as those in Christ, we're going to operate. We go, you know what? God has still got this. At the same time, we need to be a people of prayer um, the next several weeks. Right now, there are people in the medical profession and doctors that are having to make decisions that are affecting millions and billions of people. Uh, those don't come lightly, and it's not one that people just get really prepared for that. There are administrators and teachers that are having to make decisions affecting millions of kids all over the country right now, and those are hard decisions. Um, and I can tell you from a pastor standpoint, this week has been full of tough decisions. Like, I've had harder weeks, if that says anything about ministry, but I'll say this, decision-wise, this has been really tough, and your prayers are coveted in that. Because as leadership, we're making decisions and we're trying to absorb information on a daily basis. And it doesn't just impact me. Um, that, that would be easy. Uh, but it impacts you guys. It impacts our congregation, your families, 
those decisions impact our staff who love dearly and their families. And so this has been a week where I've just not gone back and forth on so many things. And so your prayers for just leadership across the country, having to make those decisions right now, we need to be that people. Um, at the same time, what's our calling in this? One, we need to be graceful. People are making decisions that are really, really hard. And it's decisions that at times we're not even just prepared for. I told someone the other day, there wasn't a seminary class when I went called How to Lead Your Church Through a Worldwide Pandemic. Um, I don't know if I'd have taken that one, but it just wasn't there. And so we're trying to be responsible. We're trying to listen to health officials, pray through things, talk openly. And we need to be graceful as a body within that. Um, we need to be united. Right now, lots of things can divide, but as a body of believers, we need to understand, okay, God can use this for his glory. He can use everything for his glory. And so as we have this moment, the world is watching. They can watch us stand unified, um, putting aside opinions and different things like that and saying, hey, what can we do as a body to stand together and to make an impact in our community? And so look around a little bit. If you know kids that are going to be out and they may not be getting some of the meals that they're accustomed to, uh, we need to be sensitive to that. That's something as a body that we can help out with. So be listening, be watching for things like that. For anyone that's elderly, you know, support them. If they need help with groceries, going to pick stuff up, do that for them. Let's be sacrificial and let's not be selfish during this time. <laughs> um, just looking around going, hey, here's our opportunity to play a big part in this. Um, and as we move forward, let's also be responsible. And so if you're not feeling well, if you're like me, quarantine yourself for a few days until you're feeling better and then get back out there. Um, we're going to continue to watch and see what health officials locally say. And if we need to change up how we meet, we'll do that. But don't think for one moment, if we can't meet that we're not still the church. <laughs> there is not one iota out there that says, hey, just because we can't meet in the physical building doesn't mean we can't be the church. No, we're going to continue to be that. Um, and if possible, we want to be able to continue to meet because we want to be a place that is salt and light. There's a lot of people asking questions. There's a lot of people without hope, and that hope drives fear. We want to be there for them. Uh, we want to point them to something greater. We want to point them towards the ultimate peace in Jesus Christ. And so, God willing, I'm going to be back with you guys next week. Um, looking forward to that. Let's continue to be loving. Let's continue to be a unified body of believers at South Point. And uh, now, if you will, pray with me. I just want to pray over Justin. Like I said, really appreciate you, Justin, uh, just filling in this week and making that part a little bit easier for me. So let's pray, and we will definitely continue to worship. And God, we love you. God, you are on the throne. You always have been before, before time existed, God. You were glorified and you were in complete control. And as time entered in and we've walked through crazy situations, you have always, always been in control. And so I pray that we would just let that sweep and flood over us. And God, right now, is there's a lot of changes going on and it's changes to schedules, it's changes to people's lives. I pray that we would just be a grace-filled people knowing that a lot of grace has been extended to us. Changes isn't made in us, and it came through grace. And so I pray that we would be graceful. I pray that we'd be a unified body. And God, I pray that you would show us the opportunities that we have to show people truth. God, be with Justin this morning as he's teaching. God, I pray that your spirit would just be all over him. 
And God, that your word would comfort people. It would pierce where it needs to pierce. Uh, God, that it would change lives because that's what your word does. And so I'm thankful that we're able to worship. You got to pray that we're able to continue to do that. We ask all of that in Christ's name. Amen. Guys, have a great week. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Jamie. I look that way. I don't know. can't see me if I look that way, but I feel like I need to look at him. It would have been really cool if we made him stay there the whole time since he gets to look at y'all the whole time that he preaches. And then you could watch him watch someone else preach and it would be like the shoes on the other foot. That would be pretty cool. We should have thought of that before, JD. Um, anyway, so now I'm going to watch y'all as I preach like Jamie does. Um, we're going to be in Ephesians today. I know y'all just spent like a year going through Ephesians, but you can never have too much Ephesians. Someone liked it so much apparently that they stole it out of my Bible. I found my Bible that's been missing for eight years, and I was like, I'm going to use that Bible today. It's missing the entire book of Ephesians. And if you're going to take one, that's a good one, I guess. But I was like, that's weird. I don't know. I guess I need to use this Bible today. Um, but that's where we're going to be. So go ahead and flip there. Uh, we're also going to go into Proverbs a lot. So you can put your finger into Proverbs if you want or put a little marker in there. But let's, uh, let's read Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, so, uh, I didn't make a message a, you know, virus message or whatever. I didn't sit down and be like, oh, what can I talk about? Because when I started thinking about this, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, so uh, I didn't purposefully make a thing just to talk about coronavirus. So I'm glad Jamie brought up some stuff. But man, if we can't use some wisdom in the times that are going on right now, I mean, we can use it every day. But man, what a great thing to talk about um, today, having some wisdom. So let's look at the first thing that's going on here. Um, the very first verse is, look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So if we were to look carefully at how we've been walking, um, how would you say that you're doing? What, how would you describe the way that you're walking? And so what it means by walking is to me what it's talking about is it's the way you're living your life right now the things that you're doing what you're focused on when you walk typically it's with intention right you're walking to get somewhere um, you're walking with a purpose with intent or you should be anyway if you're like me when I'm on the phone sometimes you just walk in circles that's not really what I'm talking about <laughs> um, what what this is talking about when it says how you walk is um, how you're living your life currently, what, what the goals, what the focus, what you're living uh, your life about. Um, and just talking about walking in generally, there's all kinds of different ways that we walk. Um, 
Some of us, if you were to watch us actually physically walk, you would notice that we don't really pay attention to anything. Some people walk around with, you know, we would call it with your head in the clouds where you're just kind of walking around oblivious to everything. Um, I don't know, that might be me. Uh, my wife might say, yeah, she's shaking her head. That's probably me. I'm pretty unaware of things. I don't really notice anything. I've walked into work. They painted the hallways. They were talking about it. And they took all the pictures off the hallways and painted it. And they were like, what do you think about the paint? And I'm like, what paint? And they're like, you didn't notice the hallway? They took all the pictures off and painted it? I'm like, no, nah, that's been like that. <laughs> and they're like, no. Uh, everyone else thought it was a big, shockingly different to me. I didn't really notice because I don't care what's on the walls. I'm not really looking around. I got my mind on other things. Some people walk with their heads down. They don't want to make eye contact with people. They're kind of on a mission. They know where they need to go. They just need to see the road right in front of them, and they're walking with a purpose. Um, my uh, wife or my mom or other people who have taken me to the mall to go shopping with them, that's how they walk. They walk really fast, really fast, and they look straight down. I call it mall speed. I cannot keep up with that. I'm just like, uh. <laughs> But they walk really fast and head down, ready to go. I don't need to talk to people. If I see someone I know, I'm not dressed up for that anyway. I just want to ignore them and get by. So I'm walking really fast with their heads down. A lot of times you see people walking around now like this. And they're like catching Pokemon. That's probably me too. Not paying attention. I took my nephew and my son to Hardin-Simmons last weekend to catch Pokemon. And uh, we're walking around and we get up to, the, to like the road. And they're both just like walking straight out into traffic. There's cars coming both ways. I'm like, hey, dudes, come on. And the cars stop and they let us go, but they're still walking around like real slow trying to catch these Pokemon. They have no idea that cars are waiting on them or anything. Like, dude, come on. Get, get across the road. It was like a, a mama duck, but worse. And uh, sometimes we just walk in a herd. Sometimes we walk a certain direction because that's the way everyone else is walking. Sometimes we're not really paying attention. All of a sudden we see people run. I guarantee if someone got up and started running right now, people would follow them. If... if Someone just said, Micah just said, ah, and he got up and started running. Everyone else would be like, ah, and they'd run too. Because that's what we do. We don't think we're herd animals, but we kind of are. I mean, if a bunch of people jump down on the ground, I bet you, you, might, you might peek, but you'd get down, right? Because we do kind of what we see other people doing. Um, some of us are looking for the easiest path possible to get where we're going. Some of us have a destination in mind and we don't care what obstacles are in the way. There's all different mindsets. There's all different ways about it. But we are all on a journey somewhere. Either, either we're in control or we think we are and we've got it mapped out and we're doing these things or we're just kind of one of the people who are just following the herd or we're just kind of you know, along for the ride to see what happens. But we're all on this walk and we all have some place where we're going to end up. There's some kind of journey that we're on. Um, and what this is telling us is we need to look carefully at that walk. I want you to sit there for a minute. We're going to do like a psychological exercise. Just sit there for a minute and close your eyes. It's weird, but I want you to do it. If you think that's weird, wait till I bring out the angry box of snakes and shake it later and you put your... We're not going to do that. <laughs> um, I want you to just close your eyes for a second and think about it. I want you to think about 
what has been your motivation lately? What has been on your mind? What is determining your steps, your actions, how you do? Do you have a purpose? Do you have a goal? Do you have a thing that you've been going towards? And if not intentionally, then think about for a second, what has been driving you? What has been motivating you? Has it been bills or unhappiness? Or has it been frustration or anger? Has it been the need to escape? Has it been... uh, you know, the desire to have fun, some unfulfilled longing or desire. Just close your eyes and think about that for a second. I want you to picture um, what it is that has been ter- determining your steps. Have you been focused on that's determining your path and where you walk? All right, you can open your eyes. Now, I want you to keep that thing in mind, whatever it is, whatever you pictured. Hopefully, most of you, I know that was pretty quick. Some of you, if you're not very introspective, you might not be ready yet. But that's fine. You can keep thinking on it because you're not going to remember everything I say anyway. And I think that's pretty important. It's the first thing it says here in this verse. So if you don't hear half of what I say next, that's fine. As long as you come away with something, I want you to at least hear the beginning and the end. I want you to be thinking about carefully what it is that you've been walking towards, what, how you've been walking And then the other half of the sentence, look carefully at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Um, How you're walking is pretty important, but where you're walking is super duper important as well. And both of these things are going to factor in whether or not you're walking as a wise person or an unwise person. Um, How do we walk? As wise, first we need to kind of understand what wisdom is. Um, There's all kinds of proverbs about wisdom. I mean, if you read through all the proverbs, you're going to get a lot, a lot, a lot about wisdom. We'll read a couple. Um, Proverbs, let's see. Let's do uh, 2, 1 through 7. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, and he is a shield to those who walk in in integrity. There's a lot in that sentence, but it says it so many other times in Proverbs. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It also says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, in, uh, in, in Proverbs, it says both that fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and of knowledge. Not only knowing, but also understanding um, drives all of this comes from the fear of the Lord. Uh, what does that mean? It means to understand God and know who He is. To, uh, to understand His kingdom, His purpose, His power, and to have those things in mind. Um, that's what it's talking about for the fear of the Lord. Um, there are so many proverbs uh, about wisdom, and most of them have the same, 
the same kind of story, the same kind of vibe. They say that wisdom, uh, I think for our, our reading later, we'll read this one, but it says wisdom is like a lady who waits at the gates of the city and she calls out to anyone who would listen. And uh, that wisdom is calling, that there's wisdom to be found if you just seek it. Uh, if you ask God for wisdom, if you go to him and say, God, get, grant me wisdom in this time, um, he does, and it says, from his lips and from his mouth come understanding. Um, here it all is. It's written down for us to come and understand. We can pray, we can seek God, we can spend quiet time in meditation, but all of his word has been spoken and written, and it's right here for us to consume, to find knowledge, to find understanding, and to find peace, especially in crazy times where wisdom is definitely on short supply. Um, and then it gives us some practical ways to do this. So we'll go through these uh, next few verses, and it gives us some very practical ways to use this wisdom. How, so we kind of understand what wisdom is a little bit. It's the fear of the Lord. It's understanding who God is, understanding His power and His purpose. Um, okay, if we know that and we understand it, how do we use it? Um, it, gives us a few, it gives us a few ways to do that. Um, the first thing it says is making the best use of time because the days are evil. Um, there was a, a great quote I found in the front of a Bible that someone gave to me, and I'll talk more about that in a second. It says, I shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, I can do or any kindness that I can show to any human being let me do it now. Let me not defer or neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. Um, that was written by a Quaker missionary. I can't pronounce the name, but you can Google it if you want. Uh, but I'm only going to be here one time. Let me do as much good as I can because I don't plan on coming back. I'm only going to be in this world one time. I need to do as much good as possible. There's a person who knows confidently where they're walking and what the purpose is, and they're walking with intention. This person was a missionary. Um, I read a little bit about their life, but um, this was one of the greatest quotes that, that this person had, and it was very simple. Um, it was just, I'm going to do as much good as I can because I'm only here for a short amount of time. I think that's pretty important. Um, I think if most of us had that attitude, there'd probably be uh, less things on shortage right now um, if we were all thinking about doing as much good as we can for everyone else. Um, what can I do that would be the most good? Um, be yourself. God made you special. He gave you things that other people can't do. Um, there are things about you that I'll never be. Um, there are things that God made you. He made you in His image, but He also made you as unique um, as your own fingerprint. No one on this planet is exactly like you, and there are people that you can reach that I can't reach. I know we talked a lot about that last time I got to speak, but you're the only one. You're the only one of you, and you're special, and you're important, and we need you. There's some good that you can do that I just can't quite do. I can do some good things, and, but I can't do the exact good things that you can because you're different than me. You're special, you're unique, and man, you're needed. A lot of goodness is needed right now, and there's a lot of kindness that we're missing out on, um, and we need to be mindful of that, and we need to be walking in that, trying to do 
the most good that we can. Use your skills and talents to bless others. Um, you may never be in the band. You may never be the guy speaking. Um, but whatever talent or gift God has given you, use that. Um, for the church, use it for ministry. Uh, I've always told Jessica, one of my greatest unknown talents is making songs. They're usually potty humor songs. Most of you intelligent, highbrow kind of people wouldn't appreciate them, but my kids usually like them, but I can turn pretty much any song into a song with potty humor in it. And I haven't found a way to make money doing that now, but if YouTube would have been popular when I was in college, well, that's all I'm saying. I could have, I could have been somebody. Um, but that's, that's not my only talent. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> um, but that's my talent. Someday Weird Al's going to retire. Maybe I can take his spot, but we'll see. Um, that's my talent. Uh, that's one of my talents. Hopefully it's not my best one. <laughs> uh, it's not very good. Um, but you all have talents. You all have something special. Um, man, I hope you're walking with purpose, and I hope you're using it. I hope you're not missing the opportunity to, good, to do good things because of all the circumstances around us currently. Um, second thing it says is, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Because we're running low on time, and I don't mean because of the coronavirus, I mean because we all have a finite time and it's just getting shorter as we get older, right? <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it's true. None of us are getting younger. We're all getting older. Someday we're not going to be here. And time is of the essence. It's on short supply. And the days are evil. Therefore, because of those things, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Psalm 37.5 says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Um, man, we really need to seek God and find out what His purpose, what His intent, how He wants you spending your time, and what ministry He has planned for you. I want you to get more than just showing up and doing life sometimes. Does anybody else feel like they've been stuck in a rut sometimes where you just do the things that you have to do? You wake up, you go to work because you have to go to work. You pay your bills because if you don't, you get in trouble. They turn off your electricity or you won't have internet to watch Netflix all day. You come home and you just, you just make it through the night. You have to go to bed at a certain time so that you can wake up at a certain time so that you can go to work and start the whole thing over again. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I, I kind of snap out of it and I realize I've been stuck in a loop for days and weeks and months, and it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And when we're not living with that higher purpose in mind, it can be defeating to our soul and damaging to, to our minds and our bodies. And it just it stinks, man. It is a terrible feeling to just be stuck in that rut, like you have no purpose, you have no intent, you have no reason other than just to pay your bills and, uh, and do the best you can. You try to keep your kids out of trouble. You try to preserve the relationships that you have to maintain. And you do the things that you have to do. And man, that is a fruitless, loveless, lifeless life. 
I do not want you to be stuck in that loop. I don't want to be stuck in it, and I don't want you to either. Not only is it not good, it's foolish. It's foolish because there is better things. There is more life to be had. There is more love. There is more fruit. There is a lot more to life than just doing those things. Yes, we, I'm not telling you to quit your job tomorrow and be like, uh, our pastor wasn't here, but some dude showed up and he said, quit my job and go out and live life. So I'm getting the van down by the river. I don't want you to do that yet. Maybe someday, I don't know. Live your life right. Maybe you can get a van down by the river here in the next 10 years or so. I don't know. But what I do want you to do is I want you to snap out of it. I want you to quit walking down that path just because it's the one that's in front of you. And I want you to go to bed at night thinking about what you're going to do the next day. And I want you to wake up and do it because there's more than what we're stuck in right now. There's more than being than the coronavirus going on, even though the media says, you know, it's not. That's the biggest thing. There's more than politics. There's more than just Abilene. There's more than just our families. There is so much going on in the world that we can be a part of. There's so much ministry. And there are lives that still need to be changed with the gospel. We need to understand what the will of the Lord is. That is the opposite of being foolish. Therefore, do not be foolish, comma, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The opposite of being foolish is to understand His will. What is His will for us? It's to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself, right? Those are the greatest two commandments. We have the Great Commission. We have all these things about going out, loving others, loving God. Um, a friend of mine uses a taking a trip metaphor, and I know a lot of you guys know this, but if you were to uh, all load up in a car and someone told you to go somewhere and you just all load up in a car and you go, but you don't take a map, you don't plan, you don't take any money, you just kind of get in the car and go, um, that's not very wise, it's kind of foolish. And for us as Christians, as um, people who love the Lord, uh, God has given us commandments, He's given us a commission. We cannot just live our life just by getting up and doing the things that we have to do. We have to live our life with that in mind. We have to get up and live the Great Commission. We have to get up and live those greatest commandments. And anything else that the Lord has laid on your heart, either through hearing it spoke or from reading it yourself or just the Lord gives you some divine inspiration, whatever it is, man, find that. Seek it. Understand the will of the Lord. Uh, the next thing says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, let's talk about this one for a second. Um, I'm not going to go into a big, long thing about drinking, but I will tell you that, um, that one of the things that was going on at the time, uh, there was this pagan guy called Dionysus, or Dionysus, is that right? I don't know. Any philosophy majors or Greek study people can probably correct me on that, but I think it's Dionysus. Anyway, pagan god of wine. Uh, people in that time would drink this wine. They would drink so much that they would have an out-of-body experience. Some of you might have felt like you've done that before. It's not a good thing, but they would drink so much wine they would have an out-of-body experience and they believed that Dionysus would come possess your body if you got drunk enough. And, um, and that's how they worshipped this God. They had tons of people doing it at the time. You can imagine why. <laughs> um, but... 
they would just go show up to these temples and they would drink until they lost their minds, basically, and felt possessed. Um, yeah, so anyway, that was a big thing at the time. That was going on, and one of the reasons why they wrote about it expressly here in Ephesians is because it was going on all around them in the city that they lived in. Uh, even people that go to their church, they're like, oh, I can't go do that anymore? Oh, I didn't know that. And so they had to tell the people, the new Christians, the converts, the um, people, no, don't, don't do that. Don't go and get drunk with wine and, and, and practice debauchery and do these things, worship these other gods. Um, and so they had to go on and, uh, and, and tell these people, you know, this, this probably isn't a good thing. Also, um, you know, for a lot of us, um, I'm not going to go into a big long thing about it, but alcoholism is an issue, um, not just in the U.S., but in our churches and our families. There's people who just probably should stay away from it because of, you know, tendency to, to overdo it. And um, there's plenty of times in the Bible where it's called for a drink, and they, they drink and uh, Jesus' first miracle was to turn water into wine, but obviously here what we have is people who are doing something other than focusing on living in the Spirit and on God's <clears throat> plan for their life. They're not really about that when they're doing this, this pagan ritual. They're, it was more about themselves feeling a feeling and even worshiping a false god. Um, we want to avoid that. We don't want to be about ourselves. Um, and I think if you find yourself in a position where you're overdoing it to satisfy yourself, to satisfy something that's, that's broken or doesn't feel right, then I encourage you to seek God and, and pray and ask Him to reveal to you any sin that might be in there about drinking or whatever you're struggling with. Um, so I'd encourage that. Um, that Bible that I mentioned earlier was a gift uh, from my wife's grandma. Uh, Joyce, or as we called her, uh, Meemaw. And Meemaw gave me, she had a bunch of Bibles that she gave uh, that were passed around after she um, passed away several years ago. But I got this really cool Bible from like the 70s or something. It had like really cool hippie looking thing. I should have brought it, but I didn't want it to get destroyed or lost like all my other Bibles. So um, I left it at home. But it is an eight translation Bible. So uh, it's only the New Testament. It's huge. It's real thick. And every time you open the page, there's four different translations of the same section of verse. And then you go to the next page, it's the same verses, four translations. And then you turn the page, it's the next section or whatever. But it has eight different translations all right there. And almost every page has red notes in it. It's amazing. A lot of preachers like to use a commentary where they go through and they read someone's notes. Like you can get a commentary on Ephesians and it's an entire book of every verse. Basically, there's 10 pages about that verse and the historical content and the you know, geographic stuff and the political stuff, pretty much anything they could think of to write about that verse or two. Um, but I feel like, man, this is one of my treasures. This is a commentary I have by someone who definitely walked with purpose, someone who was definitely in the Word, reading it, praying for their family, um, I know I've talked about her several times, but man, what a legacy. 
um, that this woman left in, in my life, and I only knew her for a short while. But here's a quote that she, or something that she wrote, a prayer, a, um, a note that she left in this Bible. Um, it says, In order to be a good witness to unbelievers, we must live and walk in the Spirit. Spend time daily in prayer and in the Word and ask God to help you be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and obey quickly. God doesn't call us to become someone we're not in order to win others to Christ, but He does call us to behave in a way that honors Him. I think that sums this whole section up uh, pretty well. Um, in order to be a good witness, uh, we have to be in the Spirit um, we need to be seeking God and looking for His prompting and sensitive to what He's uh, called us to do in our ministry. Um, but we don't have to be someone else. We can still be ourselves. Um, we just have to behave in a way that's honoring to God. Um, I think that's doable, right? That's not asking too much. Um, and that whole walking in the Spirit thing uh, is the key to it all. Um, understanding uh, His will, um, understanding His purpose, and walking in the Spirit um, all kind of go hand in hand. We, we have that knowledge, we have that understanding, and then we go to God and we ask Him to enable us to do it with power and with victory. And so we go to God and we say, hey, I know you want me to do these things, but I need some help. And we go to God and we pray and we ask Him to help us. And then we go out and we seek to do those things. Um, so we're walking now with purpose and with intention. We're not getting sidetracked on these other things, these um, things that end up just in the long run, they're not important. And we're actually walking with intention and purpose uh, towards the things of the Lord. Uh, the last part of this section says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Um, there was a subnote in my Bible that says, uh, Worship is something made for God alone. But here it says, Addressing one another. Because it is good to worship corporately as one. I am so excited that there is a room full of people here today. Um, not just for myself. There is some selfish reasons I want people to be here when I preach because it would be weird <laughs> if you weren't. I texted Jamie earlier in the week and I said, we could just have the stage and, the, and me here and the band and then just do it over Facebook. But man, that would have been so weird. I am so glad that you're here uh, to worship together. Um, and it is interesting how it says... Um, that we should do this one another. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord. Uh, it's because of those two greatest commandments. It's not only about worshiping God and loving Him with all our heart, it's also about people. Right? Our goal is to worship God and to love Him, but in order to do that, we've got to love His people. And we've got to come together and encourage each other through worship, through song, through hymns, through Scripture. Um, through all the things that we do here at church, and I'm so glad you came to do those with me. Uh, man, what an encouragement to see so many people uh, here today. A lot more than I thought would be here. Thank you for getting up and for coming and, uh, and worshiping with us today. Um, last section says, Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another, again, one another, 
out of reverence for Christ. Um, this whole chapter 4 through where we're at um, in Ephesians, it goes through and it talks about walking in unity, walking in light, walking in love, and then finally walking in wisdom. Unity, light, love, wisdom. Doing all these things, um, walking in them, and then at the end here it says um, that all these things are made full and perfect in Christ. Giving thanks and always to everything, the God, Father, and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All these things are for God through Christ and that we submit to each other um, while we're doing it. Um, At the end of the day, um, I hope as we've been talking and as you've been thinking, you're thinking about your walk, your road, the, the path that you're on right now, whatever it is that God's put in your life, the confusion and the chaos, the having the kids home for a few extra days, the missing school or missing work or all those other things, whatever has been on your mind, not just those things, but the reasoning behind them, the intention, the thing that's driving them. Uh, I hope we've been able to come to terms with those things as we've been talking and as we've been sitting here this morning. And, um, man, what I'd ask today is that you would ask for wisdom on those things. That you would ask God to reveal to you what is His purpose through all this, through this time. If you've already been living with that pur purpose, then let's refocus on it and let's double down and let's say, God, uh, grant me even more knowledge. Give me more understanding. Give me more passion. Give me more ability. And I want you to really seek that thing. We're going to have more time of worship. We'll have more time of prayer. Man, let's seek God and let's have some clear understanding of what it is that we're trying to do right now. Um, we need to do this. If we're wise, we're going to remember this more than just today. We're going to walk in it every day. We're going to avoid the panic, the fear, the struggle. Um, let's embrace the Lord and His will, and let's walk in the Spirit. Um, even if you've heard all of this today and you agree, um, we have to take it from that, which is knowledge, to wisdom, which is understanding and doing. So even if you've heard everything I've said, and you're like, yep, that's right. Even if you, not everything I've said you don't agree with, but parts of it, you're like, yep, that's good. Understand, knowing it and just hearing it is not the same as wisdom. Knowing that God has a plan for your life and living that plan are two very different things. They're very separated. We don't want to be the people that just know God or just know His plan or just know His Word. We want to be the people who love God, who love His Word, who love His people, and who live those things. We want to go from one to the other and it's so easy right now with all the distractions and all the life stuff that's happening to stay in this knowing area and not in this doing and understanding and and wisdom area and so it's so easy for us to say i know john three sixteen or i know these verses but it's so much different that we live them and that we understand them and that we walk with wisdom so today as we're praying uh, just, I want you to go ahead and, and bow your heads and, and close your eyes again. And I just want to ask you, 
to do this. If you were thinking while we were talking about purpose and we were talking about um, the way that you're walking right now and the way that the Lord's leading you, while we're doing, if while I've been talking, if you've been thinking about your struggles, if you've been thinking about the things that you're going through, the bad things in your life, the, the sin that you can't shake, the relationship that's broken, the job that's frustrating, the whatever in your life that is bringing about this focus on yourself or your, your situation, I want you to take those things and I want you to offer them up to the Lord right now as we, as we start to pray. I want you to take all of those things that would distract you from Him and I want you to lay them down. And then I want you to take all of the things that you know God has for your life, the purpose that He's given you, the talents that He's given you, the good things in your life, the good friends, the family, the ones that you love, and I want you to take those things, I want you to focus on those things. And then while you have your heads bowed, if man, if you don't know the Lord today, if you've been walking without a, an intention or purpose of just knowing who God is, and you want to know more, you want to have that purpose, you want to have that intention, you want to give your life to the Lord and start walking in a manner that, that leads you to Him, man, I want to pray for that today. I want you to, to make that decision. I want you to make that step. Um, I want the people in here praying for you as we do this. If you need to come up and talk to someone, come find me or Jeff or any, anybody else up here towards the front, and we'd love to talk to you about the Lord. Um, and so as you're mindful of those things, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to worship you through your word and through uh, the giving that we'll do and through the worship. And God, I pray that you would help us to be so mindful of you that all of these distractions um, will just be opportunities. All of this craziness will be an opportunity for us to share the gospel with people, to share why we're not scared, why we're not panicked, why we're not following the crowd, because we have a greater, higher purpose. We have some intention, and we have uh, some wisdom that this thing that's happening now, this is not our ultimate race. This is not our ultimate goal. We're only here for a little while, and we're here trying to do some kingdom stuff. We're here trying to do some lasting work. And this doesn't even matter. This is so uh, just uh, unsubstantial and inconsequential compared to the kingdom work, to the everlasting work that we're trying to do in your name. God, I pray that you would encourage these people, that you would strengthen them, that you would keep their mind on their walk, that, that when they go to bed tonight, it's with intent and purpose. And when they wake up tomorrow, that they're on a new path one that leads to life everlasting, one that leads to wisdom, that they seek you, and, uh, and that they're surrounded by others who are doing the same, God. That this church would be on a, on a path to wisdom. And um, Lord, I pray if anyone struggles in that and they need to confess sin or they need to talk to people, that they would find a, a person in their life, Lord, that they would come to, to us and, and seek that. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your son. I thank you for all your blessings. And, uh, and thank you for your love. And uh, Lord, thank you for this day and the, just the great privilege to be able to come to church today. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.